It's really no surprise that a lot of people suffer from anxiety these days, is it? We live in a culture of busy and in a society that places massive expectations on all of us to be all things and to keep all of those plates spinning. And of course, it's virtually impossible not to internalise this, which eventually can turn into anxiety and other mental health problems as well. And that can have a really detrimental effect on our quality of life. Luckily, we are starting to talk about this much more openly and freely now. And this is particularly thanks to some amazing people people out there who are really opening up the conversation. And today's guest, Lucy J. Smith, is just one of those people using her own experience to mentor others to manage their own anxiety. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Before I get started today, I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Did you start the new year talking about how you'd love to make 2022 the year you felt your fittest, strongest, best self, but maybe you've not quite got started yet? It could be that you weren't quite ready to hit the ground running at the start of January, life got in the way, your energy wasn't quite in the right place, or you've kind of started but haven't really known what to do for the best results. But now you're ready and you would love a bit of structure and support to help make sure that it actually happens. Well, if that's the case, how about coming and joining me over at the ChickFit Members Club? Not only do you get the choice of structured online fitness programs to help guide you along the way, ranging from the Begin program for anyone who's not exercised for a while or is new to the world of online training, right through to the Lift Strong programs for anyone who's already into their fitness but would love a new challenge, but you'll get loads of support and accountability through the private Facebook group, weekly live classes, and loads and loads of support with creating the mindset for success. I really, really do believe that you can make this your year to feel your very best self. And I cannot wait to help you make that happen. And to make it a complete no-brainer, I've got a brilliant offer for you. As podcast listeners, for a limited time, you can now get your first two weeks completely free. That's right, completely and utterly free when you sign up to the monthly sub subscription. Just sign up at chickfit.co.uk forward slash members club or head to the link in the show notes and simply quote podcast to claim your free trial. You'll then get instant access and your first two weeks free, then it'll be £20 per month for as long as you need me. If you do happen to decide it's not for you, you can cancel any time in the two-week trial without incurring any costs. But of course, I know you're going to find it so valuable that you're going to definitely be wanting to stay and see just how amazing you can feel in 2022. The link is in the show notes along with the discount code and I cannot wait to see you on the inside. 
Welcome back to the podcast this week and thank you as always for joining me. So lovely to have you all. If you are a long-standing listener, then amazing to have you back. And if you're new, welcome. And don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button just to make sure you get notified about any of the future episodes. Now today I'm going to be talking to Lucy J. Smith all about managing in anxiety. I think it's such a huge topic for us to focus on right now as so many of us do experience this which can ultimately have a massive effect on quality of life. As a mental health advocate, an author and a podcaster, Lucy has done a huge amount of research on how best to manage anxiety and also free herself from her own anxiety as well. And now she is a mentor to others as well. So hi, Lucy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. So in the introduction, I mentioned that you have kind of built your own authoring and podcast work off the back of your own experiences of anxiety. So it would be great to hear a little bit about you and a little bit about kind of what those experiences were that have led you to where you are today. Yeah. So when I was growing up, I always felt like I was a bit shy and that I sort of lacked confidence and I worried a lot and I was upset quite a lot. But I basically just accepted that that was who I was and that it wasn't anything I could change. That was just me as a person. Mental health wasn't talked about very much when I was in school. So there wasn't anything accessible for me to actually learn and to understand about my feelings and what was going on for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't actually until I had a really severe panic attack in a supermarket and I didn't know, again, I didn't know what panic attacks or anything were at the time. And I just had these overwhelming amount of physical symptoms. I I was feeling really hot and sweaty and shaky. I felt sick. I felt dizzy. My heart was racing. And I felt like basically like my body was out of my control. And I had all these racing thoughts going on as well. And I was thinking, right, this isn't normal. I do need to try and get some help with this because I, I can't carry on living like this. And by that point, I was in my sort of late teens and I'd never had any sort of help or any anything for it before but I knew that day that I had to to phone a doctor and see if there was any kind of help and then from there I got diagnosed with severe anxiety and severe depression and a counsellor explained I was having panic attacks and then I had to just go from there basically I mean the counsellor was really helpful but personally I find that my own research that I've done on self-help and managing it myself has been a lot more useful to me in the long run. What does anxiety really mean? So you know for myself for example I sometimes feel a bit anxious about stuff but I you know I wouldn't class that as anxiety as such. So what is the difference? Like how does somebody know if they're just anxious sometimes versus actually suffering with anxiety? So I think it's really important to remember that worrying is actually normal and Mm. sometimes it can be good. So you can have good anxiety. So sometimes it can keep you safe. You can feel really anxious about, I don't know, being somewhere in public or being with somebody. And then your anxiety is actually right. That those warning signs and that worrying actually is helping to keep you safe and showing you that something's not right in that situation. Um, I would say basically if it's anxiety, then it's happening regularly you're struggling to cope with it and it's starting to feel like it's out of your control. So like that day in the supermarket, I didn't know Mm. how to get out of that. That was too much for me to handle on my own. So I think if it gets to that point, that's when I think it would be quite important to seek professional support, see a counsellor. You would probably be diagnosed with generalised anxiety disorder. I mean, there's social anxiety as well, panic disorder. There's lots of different Mm. sort of diagnoses out there. But yeah, I think basically if it, if you're struggling to cope, 
it's happening a lot and it feels out of your control, then that's what to look out for. Do you think it's been affected? I mean, I, I would think that the answer to this is yes, but obviously with the pandemic as well, you know, have you found that that's made people's anxiety worse? Do you think that it's brought that kind of anxiety out of more people? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of people that weren't struggling with anxiety before that now are struggling with anxiety. Um, and same for people that were already struggling, have had like new triggers and new symptoms come up. Mm. I know for me personally, I'd worked really, really hard on my social anxiety anxiety and I got to a place where I felt comfortable going out and meeting people and making new friends and then obviously when we had to spend loads of time in lockdown when we got out of that I felt a lot less confident again and that began to trigger my anxiety so yeah I think it was quite a hard time for everybody with regards to all mental health not just anxiety. Yeah I think it's it's a funny thing isn't it because like you said at the very start like as a you felt as a teenager that you were sort of quite introverted and, and all those kind of things. And definitely I would fully identify as an introvert. So almost, you know, lockdown in a way felt a bit nice because you didn't have to interact as much with other people. You know, even though my job is to interact with people, when you're an introvert, it can feel quite draining. You have to sort of manage it well, I would say. So I suppose that for a lot of us, we kind of went, you know, we went into lockdowns and it actually felt kind of okay because it felt sort of safe to be at home. And as an introvert, you naturally do want to spend more time by yourself as well. So I suppose as you then come out of the other end of that, it's like, oh my God, right, I felt I felt much safer maybe. And now it, this is back to normal, even though you, you coped with it before, it just feels more, it feels kind of bigger almost to go back out into the world. Would you, would you say that's true? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, like you said, I think a lot of people are struggling in new ways. And that's the thing with anxiety, it always changes, it always sort of evolves. You'll get new triggers come up, you'll begin to manage other triggers and they won't feel quite so daunting. So it's it's sort of always changing. And that's something I've definitely noticed myself over the last few years. Yeah. And I, you know, I've certainly noticed speaking to say a lot of my members that they've come out of this and, and they they've felt very overwhelmed by stuff. You know, going back to normal feels like a lot. You know, the stuff we were doing before, which we were sort of cope, you know, probably we're finding stressful, we were coping with has it feels more right now it feels like we've been thrown back into it and and I know that a lot of people have struggled with that so what would be the first steps that you would go through with somebody who maybe came to you needing a bit of help with some of those things so I always break it down into three steps so accepting understanding and then managing Mm -hmm. so firstly you have to accept that something is happening like I had to that day in the supermarket you have to accept that there is something you need help with you need to recognize what's going on for you, how it's making you feel. So looking at your symptoms and your triggers, so sort of how it makes you feel and and what triggers it, what makes you feel those symptoms. And that can really help you then to understand your anxiety. So my overall aim, all the work that I do is to help people create an anxiety toolkit. And that would be the thing that you update with your new triggers and your new symptoms so that you've always got an up-to-date list of how your anxiety makes you feel physically, emotionally and how it makes you behave as well because it can do all sorts to your behavior as well and also obviously a list of your triggers so things like driving public places all those kinds of things that can trigger people's anxiety Mm. and then from there you can begin to work on the management of it so things like mindfulness or journaling meditation, exercise, all of those really good habits and tools that can help to manage the symptoms, help to calm 
and ease the symptoms a little bit and just help you to manage a lot better day to day. Yeah, it's almost like not necessarily trying to take control of the thing, but also understanding that, you know, you can, by having those tools in place, you can better manage it, even if you can't necessarily fully control the thing that's happening to you. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I hear a lot of people saying about overcoming anxiety and I don't really like that because mm. I feel like it's not something that can be overcome. It's something that you have to just learn to understand and manage and accept. Like that's, that for me is what's helped me the most. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've written a book about anxiety now and I'm by no means cured. I don't think it's possible. I just know how to manage it. So when I have a panic attack or I or my anxiety gets triggered, mm. I have the tools I need to help me. And some days it knocks me for days. And that's just how it is. But I just feel better equipped now than I did back in my teen years. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's like anything. I think that if we think we're going to master something, it's like, you know, when I talk to people about fitness, for example, and I'll say, I don't have all the answers. You know, I'm not perfect. I still have days when I don't want to exercise. And so I think people assume they like look at you and think, oh, you've mastered it. You've sorted it. You know exactly what you're doing. It's kind of say, no, like nobody's got the answers to any of these things. It's just, it's learning how to, how to like work with your, you know, what's going on in your brain in in maybe a more constructive way you know maybe I'll put it that way that it's being more constructive about it rather than just fully letting it take control of you yeah definitely I think that's a really good way to put it so moving on a little bit it was really interesting to hear you talking in one of your episodes particularly about how to identify if you are a highly sensitive person because I like I say, I have always identified as an introvert. You know, I think I've become better at it over the year. Not better at it, but I've become less anxious about being in social situations over the years. But, you know, still that is definitely there. But I've never necessarily identified myself as maybe highly sensitive. But like listening to that episode, I was like, oh my God, right? <laughs> so many of these things are me, you know. So, you know, things as I like I get overwhelmed easily. I need to withdraw from others at times. I'm very quick to be down on myself. I do worry about what people think about me. And I also really, really struggle to let go of those negative emotions. So when I was listening to that, like really high levels of recognition for me there. And, you know, again, I am getting better at those things. I'm getting better at managing those things. But I think that one of the key things for me is that we get told throughout our lives, and I don't know if you've had this experience, but you know, certainly as a teenager, it was always like, oh, you're too quiet. You need to speak up more. You need to say more. You need to be more confident. And I always felt like these were all like really negative things, like a really negative part of my personality that I had to try and overcome. So how do you think that we can maybe think about those things differently rather than thinking like they're a, a deficit or a defect in our personality? How can we think about those things differently and kind of embrace them? Yeah, I think that's like a stereotype that comes with people not being educated enough, really, isn't it? I mean, people say they're all negative things, but they don't have to be. I mean, some of the things actually can, you can use to help you in your life. I mean, I think being a highly sensitive person isn't actually necessarily a bad thing. I think it has a lot of positives as well. And you can be a really good friend and partner because of it. Mm. So, yeah, I think the most important thing really, well, I always say you should always just ignore other people's words and opinions. So if somebody is going to say that all of those things that you are is a negative things, then you don't need to listen to them. You don't need to have their opinion as your own. Mm. So accepting that you are experiencing those things and recognizing them, but they're not necessarily sort of putting yourself down because of them. So they're not a negative part of you. I've just written down a few tips as well that actually will help with a few of the things themselves. So like, for example, if 
if you are feeling withdrawn, I think that's a really good time to practice self-care. So allow yourself to withdraw, allow yourself to spend some time on your own. That's not a bad thing. We all need that time. Even sort of busy mums I hear that say, oh, I've not got enough time for myself. And I think you have to make time for yourself because if you don't, you can't be the best mum to your children. Mm. So I think if you can use that time as a really good way to do some self-reflection, practice self-care, things like just looking after yourself, making time for the things that you really enjoy, whether that's just putting your feet up with a cup of tea and a book for half an hour, something like that can really just help you to get back to feeling yourself again. And then with letting go of negative emotions, the best thing I've found to help with this is actually journaling. So journaling is a really, really good way to express how you're feeling especially for those people that really struggle to say it out loud and they don't really yeah. trust people to talk to them about it because I mean my mom was really really good at supporting me but not everybody understands not everybody wants to understand and listen and support you so if you can't find that person then journaling can be really good also because you can track how you're feeling every day and you can begin to recognize patterns if you write it down so I actually use my own journal that I published for this reason because I can track my triggers I can track my symptoms I can track my feelings every single day and then I can notice patterns so I can notice right on a Friday morning when I have to go to this place I feel anxious or I feel really withdrawn or Hmm. whenever I go out for a meal I come back and I feel drained after so you can begin to notice those patterns and then you can put some things in place to try and help you with that again that goes back to the management side of things and having the tools and techniques to help you with getting through those times yeah there's a lot of practical ways that you can work on them and I think the most important thing basically is just to not always see them as a negative even though we're told they are and they do feel negative it does feel like a negative part of you but I think it's really important just to accept that that is who you are that's what you are like and what you feel like but there are ways around it yeah it's it's a tricky one because I think you know we tend to get told most of our lives that we need you know we need to be more and be bigger and be louder and be you know be more confident so it can be really hard to not necessarily feel those things so even as an adult you know I've had people thinking that I'm a bit aloof and stuff. And it's not that, it's just that I'm, I am definitely an introvert. And I think what you were saying before about the, you know, when you feel like you need to withdraw from others, for example, allowing yourself to do that. I had like a real light bulb moment a couple of years ago where I was getting to a Wednesday. And, and of course I'd spend a lot of time with other people with personal training clients and things. I get to a Wednesday afternoon and I'd be at absolutely knackered I kept thinking to myself why am I so tired on a Wednesday like it's only halfway through the week I exercise I look after myself I should have energy and it was like a real light bulb moment where I realized that it wasn't a physical tiredness it was that I needed to just be on my own for a bit like I needed to like recharge from that and I just allowed myself on a Wednesday afternoon to lie down on the sofa for a couple of hours and that was something I started doing for myself and just like almost admitting it and going oh my gosh that's why made such a difference and it means that I've done other things in my life since then to make sure that I keep that balance where I can be with other people but I can also have the time to recharge afterwards so I just thought that was a really interesting one because it's something I've definitely recognized myself as well just to move back as well to the journaling you sort of mentioned that as being a really good thing are there a couple of really good maybe journaling prompts that people could get started with? Because sometimes it's a bit like staring at that blank piece of paper, you don't really know where to start. So what prompts could people use to get started with on that? 
So I really like to just ask myself questions. So you could literally say, like, how am I feeling today? Or how does my body feel? What's on my mind? I mean, those are quite broad ones. So obviously, if you're brand new to journaling, it might be easier to get a little bit more specific. But I really like to journal about positive things. So things that you're grateful for. Mm. You can also journal about things that you're proud of good things that you've done today. I personally like to do this every single night. Again, it's something that's part of my journal because I think it's really important to end your day with something positive. So yeah, thinking about the things you're grateful for, thinking about the things that you are proud of and that you've done that are good that day and then writing them down. Yeah. If somebody is brand new, I would really suggest things like making a list. So rather than actually writing in full sentences, which like you say, can be quite daunting if you're staring at a blank piece of paper and your question is, how am I feeling? And that you're not not really any further forward. So it can be easier to bullet point a list instead. Mm. So you could, I mean, you could do anything there. You could literally just say on edge, jumpy, nervous, upset. You could literally be going for basic sort of feelings or emotions or just physical sensations that you're feeling at that time. And that can be really helpful as well. Yeah, that's a brilliant tip because it just makes it easy, doesn't it? And fact is, we need to make this stuff as easy as possible for ourselves to do. So that's, yeah, I like that. It's a really simple way of doing things. Just to finish up, I just want to talk a little bit about your morning routine as well, because you kind of mentioned that about creating that morning routine to set you up for that day ahead. And it's definitely something I've started to do a lot in the last couple of years. So what for you are the key ingredients to that? So I think this is going to be completely different for everybody. A lot of people that I've worked with, I don't think I've ever had two people that have exactly the same Mm. because it's really important that you use habits that you enjoy and that make you feel good. And that's going to be different for everybody. So I'll just talk you through mine at the moment. So mine has evolved again. Like I said, everything evolves over time. So mine at the moment is visualization. So I will visualizing my mind my day going really well feeling really confident feeling happy feeling like free just feeling really really good Mm -hmm. and then I will meditate for about five or ten minutes I normally do the visualization and the meditation while I'm still led in bed Mm -hmm. because that's just quite a nice environment to do I feel really relaxed and, and it's just quite nice for me obviously that might not work for everybody And then at the moment, I'm trying the new habit of yoga in the morning because I really like yoga and I feel amazing after it. But I'm in the very early stages of that habit at the moment. And I'm sure, as you know, it's um, quite hard to get into a new habit sometimes. Um, I'm sure I'll get there. But yeah, at the moment, that's a little bit hit and miss. But that is what I'm trying to add just because I think it's really important to get that movement. And I really like yoga because it's a great way to practice mindfulness as well. So not only do you get the physical benefits, you get a lot of mental health benefits too. Yeah, because I, you know, I like I say, I've started to create a morning routine over the last couple of years. And now I'm, you know, I do meditation, visualization, and I do journaling and gratitudes as well. And that can sound like a lot to people like they're like, oh God, there's no way I'll fit all of that in the morning. But it's just starting with one thing, isn't it? It's kind of going, right, well, I'm going to start with a five minute meditation and I'll do that for a while. And then once you've nailed that, you can kind of stack something else on top, which I guess is what you're doing. You're kind of going, actually, I've got the meditation down. I've got the visualization down. Now I'm going to start adding the yoga onto that as well. So just like stacking those things on top of one another to create that habit. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, it's really important to figure out how much time you can actually commit to it because like you said somebody thinking about spending half an hour might 
be too overwhelming and if it's too much for them to commit to then it's not going to be very easy to get used to that habit so if you've only got 10 minutes be realistic about your morning I mean I always suggest just getting up 10 minutes earlier to make a little bit extra time obviously this isn't possible for everybody because people have commitments or maybe they work night shifts or they have family so there's a lot of things to think about so I think it's really important before you get started with the habits just to think about how much time you've got what time you're going to do it, whether you're going to wake up early or whether you're going to, I don't know, switch off the TV for 15 minutes and use that time differently. Mm. And so I think that's a good way to get started with the morning routine. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, that's been awesome. But before we say goodbye, I would love it if you could just share with the audience a few details on where they can find out a bit more about you, Lucy. Yeah, so my website is lucyjsmith.com and I've got everything on there. I've got my podcast show notes. I've got all the links to my books and journals. And then the social media platform that I'm most active on is Instagram. So you can follow me on Instagram, which is at lucyjsmith underscore 26. And I just share lots of tips and advice and support on there, as well as, again, links to my podcasts if you want to listen to them. Well, I can say it's definitely, I've been listening to a few of those recently and it's definitely, definitely worth a listen. We will pop the links to all of the things Lucy has mentioned into the show notes below. But thank you so much again to Lucy for joining us today and sharing her own experience and insight with us. I think, like I said in the intro, it's no surprise that so many of us do feel anxious or suffer with anxiety these days. But I'm really glad to know that there is help out there, there are outlets, and there are wonderful people who are talking all about it too. And of course, I hope you've been able to take away some practical tips on how you can start thinking about managing any anxiety better. You know, like I say, I would definitely recommend listening to Lucy's podcast too. Um, Have a look at the show notes for details of that. And thank you as always for joining me today. It's been a huge pleasure as always. And I'm going to look forward to spending some time with you again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.